Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're going to do. Hey, and welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast. Podcast number, I believe it's 79. You know, I, I, it's, you go so high, you just forget about these kind of things. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. <clears throat> so, if you wonder where that is, take a globe, spin it around, put your finger down. Hopefully, you'll get on Texas in the southeast corner of Texas is the largest city in the south, and that is Houston. On the southwest side of that is Sugarland, and that's where we are. This is Man Up. We call it a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. So there's no church answers here, but what we do is we look through a scripture, and then we just talk about it, regular guys, and I'm absolutely sure that you'll identify with one of us because not everybody has the same point of view. And that's what we're hoping that you have while you're listening to this. This is geared towards men, spiritual oasis for men. But I know there's some of you women out there listening because you have made comments to us. and We're so glad you're here. And you can find us on SoundCloud where we archive all of our podcasts. But we're also on Facebook where you can post on a man-up. You can post a question. We'll answer it here. We're also on iTunes, and the professor who isn't here tonight, and I'm going to get a, a slip from his mother to make sure it was an excused absence. <clears throat> but he also runs a Twitter account, too, for Man Up. So <clears throat> I want to welcome you here. We're going to do, we are really going to man up on this one because um, we didn't do a podcast last week. It was Halloween. And uh, you know how men are. They like to dress up and beg for candy. And, you know, it was no different. I, uh, I had trick-or-treaters at my house. We and, don't uh, do that, do oh, we, Steve? Bill guys, may do that. I dress up and Bill may do that. I, I mean, you can, dressing up yeah. and begging for candy can take so many different contexts. I'm not going to I'm talking in the Halloween. Is that what you did last Halloween night, Bill? Well, hey, actually, what I did is I wanted to give out healthy candy, so I got a bowl of shredded lettuce and... Uh, and you no. gave it to the kids. Well, no. Did you no, put it no, in the kids. rabbits in it? Right, right. <laughs> right. No, that's what I wanted to do, but of course, uh, but of course, I didn't. I let the wife take care of it. So, um, but we are really going to man up, and we have two lessons. We are finishing up, and this is uh, this is the summary. So, if you wanted to get a lot of material and a little amount of time, you are in the right place. We're in the Connect 360, Rescue and Redemption. That's what this has been about. And we're down to the last two lessons. The first one is A Miraculous Escape, and it's where God delivered Peter from prison and death in a miraculous fashion. And we're going to hit that first. And then our last one is Philemon, and that's appeal, an appeal for redemption. And that's where Paul requested redemption and restoration for his, for his friend, Wanimus. And so uh, we're going to hit both of those lessons, and we're going we're gonna to just knock it out of the park. And so we're so glad you're here. have a great panel here. And I'm just going to go ahead and introduce some. They're regulars, but <sighs> these guys are awesome. And this first one is a professional policy writer. He's a, he's a professional gambler as well. Absolutely slammed, and I can't tell you how much we totally appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule from either making money or taking money. Mr. Steve Titch is here. So, um, And also, the day after an election, a midterm election, we get our own political animal He's an attorney. He's a prosecutor. We call him the judge. He can defend you or throw the book at you. Michael Cropper is here. Hello, everyone. It's great having him here. So, and with that, 
My name is Bill, Bill Cox, and I'm just kind of a sales guy and the host. So, And with that, I'm going to go around the room, and I'm going to start with Steve Tisch because he is going to lead us in the very first of these, or, oh, see, I needed a, the judge, the judge, Michael Crouch going to lead us in the first lesson. Sorry. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here, folks. Uh, the lesson which I taught uh, about a week or a week and a half ago has to do with Acts. Uh, folks, it has to do with Peter, the Apostle Peter. Now, uh, Steve is going to be leading the second lesson, which has to do with Onesimus and Philemon, the little book of Philemon. You might want to start looking for that in your Bible. It's a very, very short passage. But both, both of the lessons we dealt with are very colorful, very, very, very... Uh, uh, Rich. Dynamic, yeah, very rich, very right. rich. Philemon is very short, but it it's very, very strong. It's presented from the Apostle Paul. Acts is presented from Dr. Luke, but it deals, again, like I said, with Peter. And let me just go through a very brief introduction on this, folks, so you know. And this is Lesson 12, once again, from Rescue and Redemption, like Bill said, I think. And uh, we're wrapping up the book here, folks. And, and again, Steve will wrap up the book completely with Lesson 13, which is the last, last lesson in the book. Well, folks, uh, the lesson, again, is in Acts. Uh, I want to remind you what Acts is. Jesus has died, and he has risen from the dead, and he has appeared to his apostles, uh, one last time before he goes into heaven, before he's taken up into heaven. And he tells his apostles to preach the gospel, but before they preach the gospel, to wait until they receive power from on high. He tells them, I'm going to go away, but God the Father and I will send you a spirit, or I will send you a, a uh, comforter or helpmate that will not only help you in times when I'm not around, to, to tell you what to say, but also will give you a great deal of power to witness for me. So the apostles go and wait in an upper room, uh, and what, what happens then is the Holy Spirit comes to them and falls on them. While they're in the upper room, uh, they speak in foreign language and tongues, and they go outside, and they, they are so boisterous and so loud that a great crowd gathers to them, folks. And the apostles, led by Peter preach out in the town square. Again, Jesus is gone, but he now has the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, and he preaches such a dynamic sermon that the approximately 3,000 people are saved and they are added to the church. And from there on, many of the apostles and the disciples start doing many signs and wonders as they preach the name of Jesus. Now, Peter and John heal a lame man at the temple gate. A crowd comes again to see what they've done. And Peter preaches that God, through Jesus Christ, has healed this man. Everybody knows who he is. So again, he's very powerful. And the priests and rabbis arrest him, take him in the synagogue, take him before the council, whatever they do. And, and, and just before they do that, they get very angry because a crowd of about 5,000 people now accept Christ. So you're talking about 8,000 people after they have received the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter and John are brought before the high priest, and Peter unloads on the priest, and he tells them, the man who was healed at the gate, whom you know and you are quite aware of, has been paralyzed all his life, was healed in the name of Jesus whom you crucified. So the, 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 the message he keeps preaching over and over is very, very powerful. Now, uh, folks, we'll go on and we'll, we'll, we'll go up and wrap it up to the end there before... Went, and by the way, today's lesson is in Acts 12, chapter 12, if you happen to have your Bible and you want to look at that. But just before we go to chapter 12, uh, we find that Herod, the uh, uh, grandson of Herod the Great, is on the throne in Jerusalem, and he picks up or he arrests James, the brother of John, one of the two sons of thunder, and he puts him to death. And the Jews are very pleased with this because they're getting, they're getting a lot of kickback and repercussion from the apostles, all of them going out and preaching and healing people and showing many signs and wonders that they were healing them and testifying to the strength of Christ as their Lord. And uh, then in, we come to uh, chapter 12, which is for today's lesson, folks. And then we're going to have Bill, Bill read that in just a second. But just before we do that, uh, 
well, let's go ahead and do. Let's go ahead and read the scriptures. But anyway, what it brings it up today is that Simon Peter and John are preaching together still. So, Bill, if you want to take us through the, uh, the yeah, scriptures is, today, yeah, not a problem. And you know, and the heading of this is a miraculous escape. And we're in. Uh, this is Acts twelve one through nineteen. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James and brother of John put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to a guard to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was bringing him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent this angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the out, outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, It must be an angel. But Peter kept knocking. When the, he, they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said. And then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made of him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Folks, the miraculous escape of Peter here. Uh, the author, this is the first time, and I, we were talking about this just before the, uh, the podcast began, uh, even the author points out something here that may be going through your mind and that went through my mind over and over again, and we usually don't find the lesson. That's simply the author asks, Okay, at first glance, and he states this, this statement, folks. He says, prayer is the explanation of the church's ability to survive and thrive. So when Peter is facing imminent death, the church is praying for him. And, of course, I'm sure Peter was praying also. However, and, and also, Peter was miraculously delivered by God, by an angel. Okay, then how is it that James was not delivered? the prior apostle, which we mentioned. And we just saw, I thought this was just really fascinating because he brings that to our attention. So It is not my place to ask why. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, well, those are but the, you do uh, sometimes, okay, well, that's, Bill, don't well, that's, say that. Okay. That's sometimes the, the, the answer you're given when you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Cox, why, why did... James right. not get delivered. And yeah, yeah, that's right. But why did you let that person speeding down the freeway yes, go and you yes, stop me? That's yes. Right, right Bill? It's but, not but, my place. But maybe, I mean, it, but it's a legitimate question. Oh, it absolutely is. But for us, I mean, here's the thing. You're absolutely right. We're guys, and we wonder why. You know, life just isn't fair. I mean, that's just that's it. it. That's it. it Sometimes it, that, we think that, right? You hit right. the nail on the head. From our appearance and our minor, very small perceptive of life, we think God is not fair. Why did he? Why is that person over there? My friend that graduated from high school with me is a multimillionaire, and here. I'm barely making it, you know? Is that right? I, I'm going to go. I'm going to challenge you for okay. this. Because something, that's, 
that's circumstance. And no way, and there might be reasons for that. But, but God yeah. is in circumstance. But but right. this this is a supernatural event. Yes, and no, and, and it's literally literally a a a, a dramatic right. rescue. Like uh, this, right. you know, there's there's doors open. We go through. Luke deliberately takes pains to show there are. I think if you if you do the multiplication, there are sixteen guards. Yes, guarding one man. Right. One man. This is how valuable right. a prisoner. This is this is That's the political right. points that that Herod was going to try to get out of this, and all and the, and the angel gets him past all of that. Yes. And mm-hmm. why you know and 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 they let poor James get okay. his head chopped okay. off. Okay. All right. Why? And, 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 and right, so somebody maybe right. is James is James's family wondering I mean are they met why why Peter and why not James was right up there with the Lord himself I have the answer let me throw one more out to you no let me and they both die later anyway yeah, oh, Peter yeah, dies later does anyway. Die. Okay. If James yes. died okay. soon and Peter well, died later, right? Okay, Bill, I'm sorry. Just, no. Just, no, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, here's the answer. The answer is this. If supernatural events happen all the time, they become normal. Right? I would agree. If this right. was a supernatural but, event that happened to John instead, would have still made the Bible? I would say yes. Okay? Yes. And here but here's the thing. We're talking about this regardless if it was one or the other. Yes. It would be a miraculous escape. Mm-hmm. And you could trans transpose the people. But and that doesn't it's, matter. It's not a I'm 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 gonna please it's not a zero sum game. Why not both? I mean God is yeah. Is 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 all powerful? There's no, there's no, and and even, even it comes down to this because where it applies now is why, why at, uh, why down in, in where was why why at the school shooting does my kid get killed, and somebody else not? Yes. No. That's um, it. That's how it. does how does you know how does the one how does how does the how does the guy or or in, you know in war how does the guy next to me what and and they both they're both Christians for the sake of argument they're both Christians they both go to church they both pray they both committed themselves to the Lord yes but and and yeah I can go there's 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 ration there's there's there is happenstance and randomness in the world and that's. That's actually comes out in Job, in the book of Job. Yes. So I'm going to answer my own question. But <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you, because I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't but still, but still there's, there's, a, there's, a purpose, there's a purposefulness in this story that yes. drives home that question. Why, yeah. does, why does Peter get the reprieve and not James? James. Yes. And I don't. Yeah, I think I, I, I think we've ultimately run up against the wall. And you could you could basically say Peter is martyred uh, as well yeah. in the end. Of yeah, the end. in the end he gets he dies anyway. But mm-hmm. but still, it's a miracle because at that particular time, we don't see that mm-hmm. something's going to happen where God intercedes, and He does. Mm-hmm. In fact, he, the, all the people waiting at the house. We're shocked that he was delivered, right? Well, then this, what were they praying yes, for? They, right? That's actually we talking about that. They were amazed. That's a, that's amazing. They, 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 they were right. surprised. Right. Hold, hold on a second. We're praying for Peter's release. Yes, I'll yes. be back. I'll be back later. He was released. Yes, that's right. Right. Yeah, hold on a second. You were. What are you doing here? All right. Now we got to pray for something else. But here, but here's the thing. The Lord doesn't micromanage. The whole idea of this podcast and what we do as guys is maximize the days we have. We don't know when they're done. I've been in the military. It certainly could have been toast. I just, I just lucked out. I'm blasted and I'm here. Live your days well. Don't, you know, I, I don't question when the end comes. Yeah. That's not that's above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, you, no, Mike. but it's fun. It's back fun to, you, to talk about. Well, it is yes, different philosophies. Different because people think of it differently. Some no, people so, that kind of stuff bugs them. Why did these people break yeah. the law and get away with it? Whatever. I, well, that's what we that's accept. Not, that's not that's yeah. not me. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't care. It's just not me. 
I mean, they can do it. They can't do it to me because I know them, but yeah. I, I can't question it. Yeah. You know? Well, it, 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 it reminds me, um, Jesus told the disciples while he was teaching them, he says, if you had gray, uh, a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could move a mountain. You remember that? Right. He told them that very clearly. And when the father brought his son that was being thrown into the fire, and and he brought the, the son to Jesus and said, I brought him to your disciples, and when they prayed for him, they could not heal him. Well, Jesus looked at him and says, well, you can do anything you have faith. And and the father looks at Jesus and says, well, and, and Jesus says, he has he says, I have faith. Help my unbelief, though. And okay. Jesus delivered that, the child. That, that person was genuinely humble. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And Jesus sensed that. However, like, and the society that we're in now, you often find people that are humble, but not really. Yeah, they, okay. We're not humble. seeing their true heart. They use, you're not seeing their true heart, okay? okay? Obviously, in this situation, this man was really distraught, and he evaluated, he had faith, but he evaluated his own faith as apparently not enough. Yes. But Jesus validated that you yeah, have faith great. with all your heart. You are humble. Yeah. Okay, and it's genuine. And that's rewarded, you know. I, and that's the that's the difference, I feel. Well, we have to believe that. We have to believe... Well, first of all, we don't know everything, right? Right. We're going to grow, if we're Christians, we're going to grow until the day we die. And we believe that, and we're going to seek the Lord with all our heart, Right. So there are many right. things we're not going to know. So Jesus, like you said, saw the man's true heart, and he blended his faith with the man's and healed. Right. Gave whatever faith he needed to augment right. his and healed him. So what I was going to get at, get at here is it must not have been the faith of the people praying in the room that delivered Peter. It must right. have been Peter. <laughs> no, we don't know that. I'm just saying. But, you know, standing back and that looking at it. That is kind of, though, a good point. I mean, you think, you think about it. How many times do you pray for things that, if you really got it, probably wouldn't help you? And it probably wouldn't help your faith either. Good point. Uh, you know, I mean, I can, I can tell you. I mean, I prayed for things that I look back on and that was just stupid, and I, and I, it's a. But blessing it seemed the right thing at the time, didn't right. it? Right, but in, in, in hindsight, it's a blessing I didn't get it, and you know, and I think to a certain extent, that's part of faith and living with hope and optimism that what works out will work out, and that it will just happen for us, and it won't be this. Uh, Santa Claus in the sky kind of thing. You know, it, it's almost as if you get what you earn and you enjoy it more. You cherish it more. One answer lies in the dichotomy of human freedom and the sovereignty of God. Again, this is the author. He's got several great statements here. God who sees a bigger picture than we do, which is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. We have to believe that. Because of our freedom as human, God's God permits evil in the world, but he does not cause or condone it. And then uh, he, the author also states, regardless of what we ask or hope for, God gives us the grace to endure real life. His grace is always sufficient for every need. And all of you know Romans 8.28, uh, that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to purpose. It doesn't say all things work together according to what we want. It says all things work together for good, and we have to believe that what you said, Bill. Some things are beneficial to us, and some things may not beneficial be beneficial to our present life, right? And the author makes a statement. Absolutely agree. God with that. is God is in the business of working things together for good, although all things are not good in themselves. I agree. So. Before we have Mike give the summary on this lesson, because we're manning up and we're double, we're doing some double time here. I want to get to some final words from Mr. Steve Titch on this lesson. I think we, we touched on it a minute ago or a few minutes ago. They were surprised that Peter was at the door. I mean, you you pray, and maybe that's part of the that's 
that's part of this whole miracle is that miracles happen you don't expect them and and maybe you should yes, maybe do. you should have the faith they they prayed it was it's it's right in there we're told they prayed we're told peter prayed um it's yet yeah, exactly they said that he appeared at the door and they said what what <laughs> And, and, and that's it's how, how often are prayers answered and we're either surprised or we don't even recognize them as a prayer being answered at first. That's awesome. Mike, uh, excellent, up. excellent job on that. Go ahead and give us the takeaway yeah, from well, this. Uh, now, Steve hit it right on the nail on the head. Folks, uh, that he hit the nail on the head. How many miracles go past us and we don't even see it happening every day? The mere fact, if you can drive in Houston and not have a car wreck, that's where that traffic jumps. But anyway, folks, uh, we enjoy talking about this discussion, and I'm, I'm glad uh, Bill presented, or we had an opportunity to present it to you. Uh, and and the, once again, that was the twelfth chapter of Acts. There are so many miracles that the apostles performed. And the disciples performed, and Jesus told them, he said, if I don't leave and go back to my Heavenly Father, then you won't get to perform so many miracles. But he actually said that in reverse. He said, because I'm leaving, and when I leave, you will perform greater miracles and signs than I did. And so he himself told us, folks, that he had to die and leave, and then go back and return to heaven so that the miracles of God would be in greater, greater abundance than he did. So this, again, this is what we say, all things work together for good. Jesus' death worked together for good, ultimately, Thanks. to all those who believe. And that is the first half of the Man Up podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. Hey, and welcome back, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast. The spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And like regular guys, sometimes it's time to double time. And that's what we're doing on this podcast. And we're so glad that you're here with us. You can find us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. And we have a Facebook page at Man-Up where you can post a question or a comment. We'll be more than happy to muddy the water here here in the podcast. So I'm here with a couple of great panelists, uh, regulars, Mr. Steve Titch, as well as Mr. Michael Cropper, the judge and the gambler. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm just a writer and actor, and I'm the host. And uh, Mr. Steve Titch is going to lead us in this next lesson. It's from Philemon, and it is an appeal for redemption. It's where... Paul requested redemption and restoration for his friend. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, this is a, perhaps the most unique letter we have in the Bible from Paul because it's a personal letter. Unlike the other letters which are to churches or to uh, Timothy, uh, who was his lieutenant, essentially, uh, which offered counsel, advice, Pastoral, uh, account, uh, pastoral correction. Uh, this is a personal letter to a friend, Philemon, Philemon, uh, that Paul is writing to. We, the consensus is, is that he is in Rome. He's in house under house arrest in Rome around A.D. 60. He's toward the end of his ministry, um, and. Um, he established a church already in Colossae, and that's where Philemon is from. That's where Philemon lives. Philemon hosts a church in his home, 
Um, and the situation is this. Uh, one of Philemon's slaves, uh, Onesimus, Onesimus uh, has run away and apparently has made it to Paul and, uh, and he may have known Paul personally because Paul was in Col Paul and Philemon set up a church together. They were involved in establishing the church in Colossae, and it was at Philemon's home. Uh, so maybe Onesimus figured Phil, um, Paul was a good man, might harbor him. Um, but Onesimus was a slave. And, and here, I think, is, is the point I, I, I'd like to work on. Um, we know today slavery is immoral. It's, it's illegal. It is, you know, we do not buy and sell human beings, uh, and of course as the U.S. has its own particular racial history with it, but we got to look at, at the situation in Rome. Slavery was part of the everyday life. Yeah. They didn't even notice it. It doesn't, it, it, the subject of slavery is almost taken in passing here in this letter. Your slave is with me. Paul does not go into the moral issues of slavery, although there is a lot implied in this short letter. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what he's... Uh, and, and so Onesimus is, is, has broken the law. He's run away. And Paul, in certain respect, is not honoring the law by harboring Onesimus. So mm -hmm. the right thing under the law to do is to send Onesimus back, which Paul's going to do. But he's going to appeal not just to the law, but he's going to appeal to a greater, maybe a greater morality sense, and a sense of Christian brotherhood. Uh, from and, and, and it's really radical because of the day and age it's taking place in. Um, and, and I'll talk about that some more, um, but I'll, I'll look to, to Bill to read. It's, it's a short piece. It's, there's not even, it's not even out a chapter. It's just purely tw 25 verses, and it's the last letter of Paul in the New Testament right before Hebrews. So I'll let you read it, and then we can talk about it some more. All right, and with that, uh, go ahead and get started with uh, Philemon 1. Uh, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, my, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dear to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this in my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me. 
because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, as do Mark, Ariscras, Demas, and Lucas, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He is really appealing to him. And you, you know what I'm saying? He's, oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's, How could you say no to that? I mean, that I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, there's, the relationship there's, between all three of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there's, established in this. Yes, there are three. Yeah. Now, the, there is a key, there's a key word that's the, the translation of which is is kicked around differently in a number of trans in, in a number of different English language translations, and it's in verse six. Uh, the the Greek word that Paul uses is koinonia, uh, and that here in the NIV is translated as active in sharing in your faith, so that you will have a full understanding. That's a long verse. Um, King James Version uses the word communication. Uh, some other translations use community. But this Greek word, kononia, which is, which is key to this whole letter, it means, it, 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 it means broadly fellowship in faith or brotherhood in faith. It's not, you know, not just, more than just the three of us around here, it's this real strong tie. And then he further invokes the idea of Onesimus is my brother, you Philemon are my brother, therefore, (laughs) the extension, Onesimus is your brother, Philemon. uh, And and so he's not just, and and as this, he's not just saying, take Onesimus back and, and don't punish him, show mercy on him. He's saying, take him back as a brother in Christ. Take him back as an equal, and yes, absolutely raise um, the standard. And, and you, can, you can even apply exactly. this to slavery in the U.S. and in in in, in antebellum South, if such an offer being made to a plantation owner. But even then, the idea that this Philemon never it never occurred to Philemon that this slave, this slave exists on another social echelon. Yes, you yep. know, he, wherever he, I, I can be, I can, I can. Philemon could obviously I can be merciful. I can I can accept the the apology. I can accept Paul's compensation. But that's not enough. Philemon, Paul wants Philemon to walk his Christian walk, and say Phil and say Onesimus is a brother. Not only are you going to forgive him, you're going to elevate him in your yes. in your stature, and that and I don't want to. Dominate what I, the, the the discussion. I want to kick it over to Mike for for your thoughts, but this this radical idea of seeing past the quote unquote social normal, norm. the social norm, right? Um, the, the the things you don't see, and that there's there's a different there's a different social structure for for God, and. Paul is asking Philemon to peek into that. That is very good. The dish, a different social order for God. And that makes perfect sense because I thought of it this way. I thought of it as Onimus uh, was kind of the Gentile for Philemon in order to raise up you know, through his brother in Christ. So I, I thought of it as that way, but that is a good way to think of it. It's a different social order for God. So, and oh, Go ahead, go ahead. There, and, okay. and there are enormous risks for all three. Oh, that's absolutely. What's, that's, what's, that's what's also part of it. And it's, I mean, we, we look back, we know how it kind of turns out. We have the letter, we, we can we imagine that everything was all good. But Paul, Philemon is... is a major figure in a church that Paul planted and Paul wants to still nurture. He does not want to create a rift. He does not want a rift no. with this. Uh, he doesn't want Philemon to run off in a huff or how dare he. So, but Paul doesn't know what, what Philemon's going to he's, he's He's putting faith in, in God, faith in this Holy Spirit that Philemon, that he'll be able to persuade Philemon through his letter. Uh, 
that's why he tries so hard. Mm-hmm. And I he mean, does. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, I, that is as, as persuasive of a letter as one person can get. And I'm assuming that he isn't expecting to be either be around or to get word whether it worked or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the way the situation was, Onesimus, he could get killed. He could be killed. Philemon was in his rights to kill, to kill Absolutely. him or to right. severely punish him. Right, um, absolutely. So, so Paul's telling him, go back, take go back to your master. Right. Which, which again and again is, is, and we know we have the letter, so we, we can suspect Onesimus did go back. Right. Uh, and so, but you know, that was an enormous risk, Onesimus. But again, the is the his his faith in the Holy Spirit to basically change Philemon's heart was there. And then Philemon, goodness knows what everybody was talking about at, you know, the, oh, the, Colossia, the Colossi sure. Social Club. Right, right. You know, what, what, right. what? He's got, he's got his slave dining with him now. Right. They're, they're gone. And, at the buffet after <laughs> church, after church buffet. And um, so, so the, the, but really what it, what it is, and, and, and this is, this is, where, where I think we come in, because as men, we like to think of what we do. We're doing productive work. We're doing cool stuff. We're providing for our families. The work we do provides, creates something we hope that is good in the, in the community or in the world. But sometimes you've got to look at what you do and, and ask, well, is it? Is there something beyond this? Uh, I could, I, and speaking for myself, I'm, you know, I'm a big free market advocate. You go, you know, people are... Running searches on me. Oh, Steve, you're, you're 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 in favor of the free market, inequality, and all that. And that's true. I, I I'm, I'm going to get into polemics of it, but nonetheless, the free market is not God's economy either. And you, it's it, you do well to remember it. It right. works well most of the time, and you can say, well, the the labor force, the la- the allocation of labor in the Roman Empire really needed. There was an economic reason there were slaves. And it kind of worked out. They did get fed, and I'm sure Philemon thought he was a great guy, and I, he was Christian. He prayed every day. He, 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 I'm sure he was humble, but he probably thought my life is righteous. Right. And this kind of rattles it. It forces him to think a bit, think think about it a bit. Is is have you know? I, just, just not, not by. He doesn't even ask. You know, should he be owning a person? But just he's being confronted with. I'm going to take someone who I took for granted as a slave. I'm being asked to see him as a human being, as another person, as another bit of God's creation. And that, that is, that is awesome. And that is, that is what we kind of. I think this letter calls on all of us to do. That, well, you know, that is so awesome that you came up with that because you guys think on a totally different level than me. The way I look at this, rescue and redemption, and this is a great way for us to finish up this book. I look at this on a personal level. Something as simple as you writing a reference to someone to help them get a job. Because essentially, that is maybe the closest thing that what we would do that Paul did and help and and help another person get restored whether it's restored financially or socially or personally and and it, to me it just goes to show how we need to care enough about people to take an interest on what's happening in their life and in the slave's life, going back would have been really bad. And although he probably really didn't have much of a choice, if he's not with Paul, he needs to go back to his master. That's, I assume that's, that's pretty much the law there. And, but Paul cared enough about him to be redeemed. Well... It, 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 it reminds me a little bit about Christ. There's a few things here he says. Uh, first of all, you mentioned if Onesimus went back by himself without the letter and he goes to Philemon, he goes to his master says, I've become a Christian. 
uh, please forgive me what I've done, he's still a slave, right? Or he's still but property he's still of Philemon. Yeah, no he's still a yeah, That's correct. But Paul steps in between them with his letter and says, you're going to hurt him, you're going to hurt me. And I mean, he puts a guilt trip on him. I mean, let's face it, the way he says it, he says, and now Paul is very diplomatic, and, and you know, we, we could learn from this letter. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He says, he says to Philemon, I thank my God always as I remember in you in prayer. So he's complimenting him. He's, uh, he's blessing him. He's praising him. He's giving Philemon recognition. You are special to in the eyes of all the saints. Your home is open to everybody. You teach people about Christ. I, I can't thank you enough. Because you bless me because of the love that you're shown to all the saints. Right. I mean, you can't get any better than that. So he, if, if Philemon had any guard at all up when, when Onesimus shows up at his door, how can you fight that when somebody tells you're the greatest, greatest Christian? You are so we, good. You right? imagine how precious Philemon felt when Onesimus gave him the letter. Because here's a letter from Paul, mm -hmm. yes, who created the church, who's under house arrest. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he said, <laughs> he says, I'm old, uh, I'm in prison, I'm a prisoner, and I could order you to do what is right. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm going to give you the choice, and he's really not giving him the right. choice, but he does it so diplomatically. Right. He leaves Fleeman feeling he's making the choice, right? And that's, I mean, you can't get any better persuasion than that right there. Right. Uh, you know, folks, if, if you live in a position of a boss or in a position of a man, a man in your house. There's nothing that you would like to hear better than your wife as she comes to you and says, we need to do this. And she puts it in a manner that leaves the decision to you. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, Oh, that happens to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, leave, you know, leave your Bible like, open to fill them up. Right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> yes, just there. Yeah. I, I think it's just a phenomenal letter. Right. The, the, the only thing I wonder here is, is now, I wonder if Paul, Paul made this comment. If y'all look at verse 11, folks, if you're following us in the Bible, he says, formerly he was useless to you. And I'm thinking, why was is he that bad? bad way? Way? Yes, saw that. How could he well, possibly yeah. well, be well, useless? Well, that's a negotiation to tactic. <laughs> that's right. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. He says, normally, yeah, it'd be no useless to you. But I'm sending him back all polished up. <laughs> that's right. It's nice. Yes. That's it's right. nice now. He's... He's valuable to both you and me, and he's but I'm giving also him back valuable. To you. That's right. That's right. But I'm giving him. He's valuable to me too. But I'm giving him back to you. So. Yeah, and hoping that you'll send him back to me to take your yes, place right. and help him right. in prison. I mean, how do you yeah. fight a letter like that? I mean, right, how do you right. fight? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Paul is so diplomatic in here, and the way he presents this this plea. Uh, I just think it's awesome. Right. It's just a great way. Very colorful letter, mm -hmm. and you have to read it a couple times to sense what Bill's talking about, right. what Steve is so awesomely presented to us in, uh, uh, in the consideration of the letter uh, in, in, as a deflector for Onesipus mm -hmm. when he goes back to Philemon. Steve, go ahead and give us a summary. And, uh... Well, to get to kind of to top everything off, you see Paul acting as they, as some, as I think, in the, the imitation of Christ, he yeah. he uh, he makes a request. He's not he, he does he intercedes, he intercedes on behalf of the party who is the social lesser in this case, who lacks the power. He intercedes on behalf of Onesimus, but he leaves the choice, eloquently worded, to the master. Philemon, it's yeah, your does. choice. Yeah, yeah. But he, at the same time, he redeemed. He there's that that he offers to compensate Philemon for the loss. And there's there's likelihood there was a theft because Philemon because Onesimus somehow made it from Colossae to, to Rome. Rome, which right. so he needed to be colloquial about it. He needed bus fare. Right. So, so he needed. He needed. It was. It was. It was a fifteen hundred mile trip. He needed. He needed means to to, to get there. Sorry, Absolutely. To, to get there. So he may have taken something of value, uh, and Paul is offering to 
the same way you know on the cross they, they, to pay that ransom to pay that uh, to pay that debt mm -hmm. right. um, because Onesimus can't pay it he's a, he's a poor slave and uh, so um, um, you you have so you have you have Paul making that that uh, that gesture that illustration that imitation of, of 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 sacrifice and of redeeming someone and and we can learn. We also learn the idea of being a third party here, of bringing two friends together when two friends have a falling out. And that, and that's exactly and, how and, I and, see and you know, let's that. let's sit down and figure out Be a the way uh, how how we can make this happen because I value both of you, and it and it hurts me to see you apart. And uh, so it's it's a it's a great little letter, and and again, it is a lot to uh, the, the radical. The radical element of this is he's calling on Philemon to look on uh, Onesimus with Koninaio as a as a as a Christian brother. brother. Yeah. And with that, we have blown through two lessons, <laughs> and I I hope you're not going nuts and your your mind's going crazy. But this has been up the spiritual oasis for men. Yes. Ne well, next week we start. Be here because if you like Paul here, we're doing. Uh, we're going to start a lesson on the Corinthians letters one and two, and boy, are we going to get to probably during that are going to get to talk a lot about the culture on how that, that. I'm sure Robert's going to show up for that. Oh man, so, no kidding. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to. So, so That's keep keep the popping next, right, in the, the next, next week. week. The next week is going to be great, and I'm glad you brought that up. We have two of our normal members who aren't here, and I just want to either give a shout out to them or make fun of them. Man, a little <laughs> bit of both. But uh, Kyle, the deacon, he's out running around and and doing his stuff. And we think he's working. He tells us. He's he's well, that's what he said. That's what he said. But we know we know how he works. Like not at all. And uh, but the professor is actually at a university teaching a class, and I can just imagine him with a tweed coat on, with uh, <laughs> patches on his sleeves, and a pipe. Yes, uh, Professor Coach. You know, so we just want to go ahead and give a shout out to those fellas. Um, this is Man Up. A spiritual oasis for men. Thank you so much for turning, tuning in. We are on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Facebook. And just want you to know, this is a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're regular guys, and we like having you here and helping you on this journey of faith. We encourage each and every one of you to get involved in a local church. Why local? Because you'll go. It'll be close. And get involved in an ABF, which is an adult Bible fellowship. It's a Sunday school class where you get to dive deeper in it, get to discuss it, and find a men's group, a men's only, where you can just be a man and man up. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Men Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.